Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. Before we get started, I want to remind you of the Femtech Focus webinar on August 27th in collaboration with the Guild on the Femtech landscape, what's being worked on and what still needs innovating. Check out our social for more information about the event at Femtech Focus. Alrighty. So in today's episode, I interview Chantelle Preston, a serial entrepreneur, a femtech founder, and an active investor. Chantelle is a lead partner of the Portfolio Active Aging and Longevity Fund, has over 20 years in healthcare operations and management, and has founded and exited several healthcare companies. She's a boss babe, essentially is what I'm getting at here. I feel very lucky to know Chantelle personally, and I look up to her as a personal mentor. Her wisdom and experience are truly invaluable to me and Femtech Focus. I was interested to speak with Chantel about how healthcare management relates to women's health. We covered a few really important statistics like women control on average $10 trillion a year in U.S. spending every year, holy moly, and also women make 80% of all the healthcare decisions in their household. And that means a lot when it comes to kind of the business side of healthcare. Um, you know, how, how is money being spent in the healthcare system when women make 80% of those types of choices? We had a really great discussion. We also talked about investing trends. I know a lot of our listeners love to hear from femtech investors. What do they want to see? Like, what are they looking for? So you are definitely going to get a taste of that today. So uh, enjoy the episode. Hey, Chantel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brittany, for having me. I am really excited to hear your story because you are super dynamic in the femtech industry. You're a founder, you're an investor, you're an advisor, you, you, you play all the parts, you wear all the hats. So I'm really excited to get your input today on record. Um, let's start with your background. Where are you from? What's your story? What did you study? How'd you end up in women's health? Sure, sure. I grew up in Oklahoma, moved to Houston right before high school, got a great opportunity to go to Texas A&M. Uh, out of school, I got into the healthcare world um, on the surgery center, ambulatory surgery center side. You know, I realized at that point that I loved healthcare. I wanted to stay in healthcare, but wanted to find the different niches within healthcare of how can we help as many folks as possible and obviously uh, make a living. So from there, I really found a niche for myself, creating and building different types of healthcare facilities. Mm. Um, it was an excellent opportunity for me. I went out on my own at the age of 27. Uh, I really liked building things. I liked building different types of healthcare facilities. I liked, you know, going from the ASCs, to the surgical hospitals, to the LTAX and rehab. Uh, and then my partner and I, we started a company called Atlantic Health Group. And we, went, we started with the thoughts of being a surgery center company. However, life always takes different turns. Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up creating a company called Mentis Neuro, Neuro Rehabilitation. Uh, we were a, a rehabilitation company for traumatic brain injury patients. 
Um, we built that organization. Uh, we ended up selling to private equity in 2015. And along the way, I got the great opportunity to deal with a lot of different types of companies, uh, radiation oncology, uh, freestanding emergency rooms, surgical hospitals, got the opportunity to help them as a consultant, but also became an investor in some of those organizations. Um, over the last five years since we sold our, our company, I've really been working with uh, startup companies. Uh, we also founded a company called Facilities Management Group. We own and operate different types of healthcare facilities here in Texas and Nevada, uh, but also just really spending time helping kind of uh, mentor that next group to come up with all the innovation, especially digital health and the innovation specifically in the fintech world. Amazing. So all of your experience throughout these different healthcare centers, you know, something that keeps coming up on this podcast is that the system sometimes is broken for women, right? Like them having to go into the hospital for all of these checkups that they only get six minutes with the doctor. And, you know, um, we had another person on here who was a doula talking about the birthing room and the lights are just so bright and the, you know, they're hooked up to the IV, they can't move around. And so, you know, is that as somebody who's worked in healthcare facilities, is that, do you also see that problem and you wish it was changed or, you know, do you, are you like, there's just too many barriers to change it or what's your opinion on that? There's really a lot of opportunities to make some changes and, and absolutely. And I'm going to talk about it in two different ways. One, when we were looking at building these different types of facilities, looking at all aspects, I think sometimes we get so focused on certain things, mm. we don't look at everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really gave us a great opportunity to look at how can we design and facilitate processes within healthcare facilities to make it more conducive to, to everyone and specifically for women. Uh, women usually make the decisions in their households in regards to healthcare choices. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that our facility stood out above the rest. The other side was I was one of the largest and first investors or Aspire Fertility. Um, My partner and I decided to uh, create this organization after him and his wife had gone through fertility. Uh, Fortunately, my children were born through fertility as well. Um, We both had a great experience because we ended up with children. Mm -hmm. But then when you take a step back, you go, wait, there was just a lot of aspects that were missing along the way Mm -hmm. Uh, in regards to the personalized service and the psychological side of going through fertility. Uh, we just really felt like we could do it um, better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could pay attention to the details a little bit um, more specifically uh, as being patients uh, as well as consumers to those. So we created Aspire Fertility. Um, it's been a great scenario for both of us. Uh, we've gotten to see it grow. We're now one of the largest providers in the United States. We recently merged with Prelude. Uh, it really gives us the opportunity to make sure that as many families get uh, or have the ability to go through fertility as possible. Um, so with that, it's really kind of my story in regards to really the FemTech side of how can we make a difference? We took my experience, his experience, and we molded it together to create a company that we really felt went above and beyond for our patients. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. Do you normally invest in things that are, you know, a personal experience of yours, or are you also just looking for good deals? I have to say I'm both. I tell people when they're creating their own personal thesis to make sure that they're, they're investing in things that they are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of my investments are based around things that I'm either passionate about, something I know about, or something I want to know about. 
Um, so I think it's really important that if you are investing, you need to look at both sides. So in my in my portfolio, I have to say it's you know it's both sides. Um, mm-hmm. I'm never going to make a bad investment just because I'm passionate. I want to make sure I'm making mm-hmm. money on it as well. But again, there's got to be some knowledge base there for me to be able to invest. Yeah. How do you normally come across your femtech deals? You know, really different ways. Um, obviously, I'm I'm uh, I'm actively involved in mentoring a lot of the startups. So the more people you know, the more deals that come across. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've never really been really focused on the fintech side, but if you look at my portfolio the last couple of years, I've geared more that direction. Yeah, and that's kind of fast. I didn't mean to, mm-hmm. but it's because you have more women coming up with things. They're, they're solving true, real world problems that most people would never talk about. You know, five six years ago. So I think that, you know, if you look at women entrepreneurs, they also are more detailed, they're more execution, they're more focused. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not that I was necessarily looking for it. It just happened to fall that direction because of A, the service and the product that they're providing, but also that the entrepreneur, the jockey that's running the company. Definitely. Yeah. I have this hypothesis that there's actually thousands of femtech investors out there. They just don't know it yet um because they think they're a med device investor right um but med devices can are specific for women too and um or whether it's therapeutics or consumer products and so um you know I always am telling people you know they're like oh you're going to create a database of femtech investors what is that two lines you know and I'm like oh no 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 like if you dig if you look at their portfolio or you know anything um that has to do with healthcare they're probably in femtech they just don't know it yet right um, I think I think that's absolutely true, and I think a lot of women, you know, we're, we're becoming more powerful because we're starting to invest and we're starting mm-hmm. to realize instead of just handing our money over to our broker, we're saying, hey, there's opportunities for us to really mm-hmm. make a difference in this world, and we want to invest in things that are important to us. And obviously, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm one of the leads for the portfolio Active Aging and Longevity Fund, and our whole goal is to look at what companies do we want to see to help us live longer, healthier lives. Number one, but a lot of that revolves around the fintech world. Yeah. And why? Because that's what we're familiar with. So we are really trying to figure out how can we educate and empower women to invest in these companies and giving them a vehicle to be able to do that. Because I think that is a big problem is a lot of women don't even know where to start. They want to do it, but they don't even know where to start or how to get. Hence your question about how do I find these companies? Yeah. Um, you know, utilizing some of those vehicles can be very, very beneficial as well. Do you think that um, the way to get more femtech investors is to get more women investors because they'll naturally invest in femtech more so? I think that that's definitely a possibility. Um, You know, a lot of men aren't comfortable having hard conversations Mm -hmm. about women's health. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just be honest. And so I think that in order for us to really push the femtech world, we have to get more women involved. And you look at the past, the history of the VCs and the private equities, it's mainly a male dominated market. Mm -hmm. And so, again, if we're going to continue to promote these female companies and these female products and services, we need to get more women involved. They understand. They understand what the problems are. They understand what the solutions are. And I think that that's how we're going to build more fintech uh, investments. Oh, my gosh. I love it because I, you know. I want to fight the fight that is going to be the most effective, right? And so I could either choose to fight convincing men that uteruses are important 
Or I can fight the fight of getting more women into investment. And then I don't have to convince them that uteruses are important, right? Um, I actually was at a, uh, a talk by Scott Cooper from Andreessen Horowitz. And I, and I asked him about how do we get more women into investing? And he mentioned something about, yeah, funding female founders, very important. And I said, no, 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 no. Not talking about funding female founders. I'm talking about women controlling capital. And he actually handled it very well and he had some input on it. But um, I think that, you know, all of these articles right now are kind of diluting the the message around we need to fund women, fund women. But if you look at the statistics of general partners that are women, those those numbers are even scarier than the number of female founders getting funded. That's right. And you have to do a little bit of both. I mean, I mm-hmm. tell people, I invest for the company. I invest mm-hmm. for the product, uh, male or female. I'm going to look at both. Yep. You, yep. Know, you can have great men company that are focused on female That's health. right. That's right. There's minimal, but there are some out there. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, I don't know many men that can say vagina and be comfortable with mm-hmm. it, talk about women's health and feel comfortable. Um, so again, I think it's, it's, it's looking at the whole ecosystem and saying, how can we how can we, how can we evolve? Yeah. And I think that that's what's happening right now. So look, I'm all for funding female founders, but I also think it's very important for women to really utilize their empower, use their power by investing yes. and by using dollars, paying for what they want to see in the world. And I think that that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, what are some femtech deals you're really excited about right now? You know, uh, there's a couple, um, you know, we just, with portfolio, we just got involved with, uh, Maven, uh-huh. which is a, health platform um, telemedicine aspect, but it also encompasses all aspects of healthcare. I think women need more opportunities or more options in regards to how can they control their health. And so Maven is one, Bone Health is another one that's real exciting in regards to using a NASA technology for creation of bone density. Um, so things like that are exciting to me because you're getting to see how can we take existing technology and how can we utilize it to further health. And so those are some of the companies that I'm really looking forward to uh, watching. Prime Genomics is another one mm. that I'm really excited about. And that's how can we take, how can we go from having the horrible mammogram mm. to finding out that are we, are we possibly have cancer to can we utilize something like a saliva test to detect cancer? So again, I think that there's some things out there that are really up and coming that are going to be exciting to watch that'll be game changers in our lifetime. I love it. Are, is there areas that you wish you saw more deals addressing? Um, you know, I think the menopause space, I think probably because I'm getting more up in age, mm-hmm. uh, I think the menopause space and being able to have those conversations or having those outlets to be able to talk to people about what's happening in your life mm-hmm. and it not being a taboo conversation, I think that's very important. So I think the menopause space is very, uh, is probably one of the ones I'm looking at right now. Um, another one is mental health. Uh, mm. you know, I think that, that a lot of people stay away from mental health and that's on both the, the female and male side. Um, but I think female, we, we try to act like we can handle everything mm-hmm. and especially with what's happening in today's society. I think the mental health aspect will be really important, especially for, for women moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. I actually just met a founder yesterday doing, um, female specific teletherapy and, you know, and I was like, why is your platform better than the last 10 deals I saw last week about telehealth and teletherapy because everyone's coming out of the woodworks now. Everyone's got their own platform. And, you know, something she talked to me about was um, their support groups on the platform. It's all women and it's specifically topics that are 
unique to women, right? And so it's like women that are older struggling with autoimmune diseases, you know, and like, how do you deal with constant pain? Um, or women who are survivors of childhood sexual abuse or domestic violence or whatever. And so she was like, you know, it's unique to these women, not that men don't experience it, but when you have a platform that's all about women, it just provides this really safe space um, to talk about those topics. So I thought I was like, all right, you've convinced me. I'll take a little another, another look <laughs> at your deal. It's critical right now. I mean, look at what's happening with COVID. I mean, all of our kids are at home mm. and, and we're usually the main caregiver for our children. And so we're trying to, you know, balance work life, you know, work with, with personal lives, you know, and again, trying to do zoom calls while you've got three children in the yeah. background. So again, I think it's things that we deal with that may, you know, if there's some comfort in having those conversations with folks, your peers that understand what you're going through. And mm. I think that that's really geared around the women and the female mental health. Yeah. Uh, I think there is a difference between between that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it would be useful to have a femtech accelerator? Because I know you said you find deals because you mentor at places, but there's Israel has one virtual femtech accelerator running for the first time this summer with only 10 companies. So obviously there is still a lot of room for other programs to show up. Is that something that you think would be useful? I think it would be great because it gives those founders a vehicle to get their name out and to meet and obviously to help enhance their company, but also make contacts because like we talked about, it hasn't really been a conversation that's on the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I think over the last couple of years, it's becoming that way and it's, it's you know, the trajectory is going up. However, I still think that they need some avenues to pursue that will help them again, make, make you know, identify resources get mentors, you know, clients. I think that this, that would give them a great opportunity similar to the other accelerators that just specifically focus on their niche. So yeah. I do think that would be beneficial. Yeah. I did a, um, an AMA with Juliana from Femtech, um, Portfolios Femtech the other day. And we were talking about pitch decks for Femtech. And I realized that we were talking about things that I do a lot of pitch coaching and I don't usually bring this topic up. And so it was like, oh, wow, maybe Femtech specific is important because we were, um, some of the attendees were asking, well, I do, you know, um, a product that has to do with breastfeeding. And I'm always like, do I put the picture of the breastfeeding? Do I not put the picture of the breastfeeding? Do I go somewhere in the middle? And so we were talking about you know what you should do is put that picture up there because that's what you're doing. And if they don't like it, they should not, you should not work with them. But what if you put it at the end of the presentation? So you at least get them to hear the whole business model. And then at the end, you see the picture and if, you know, um, rather than kicking it off on the, the first slide, you know, picture of a clitoris or the breast or whatever, you know, keep it in there, but maybe put it at the end. What do you think about that suggestion? I think that's important. I think, you know, a founder or entrepreneur needs to understand how to deal with their entire audience mm. and the audience is going to be everyone. And so you don't want to discount half your audience just because of the way you're presenting. So I think mm. it's very important for them to understand and be cognizant on how and the uncomfortable that may make some people, but that's okay. Because again, focus on your company and what you're doing and do it in the right way and be respectful where it's not going to make it, like you said, not going to make them comfortable up front. Get them hooked in what you're doing yeah. first and then go to that. But the reality is, is you've got to be able to speak to everyone, not just the female market. Because yeah. again, you're going out raising money, you're going out and doing things, you're going to be dealing with the male population. So you want to make sure that again, like you said, we're not hiding it, but let's be respectful of how we, 
how we present it. Mm. So we make sure that they're seeing our company and not being only focused on that aspect. They're being focused on what our model is, what we're doing and who our team, who our team That's is. right. That's right. Yeah. When I was a founder pitching, I was always trying to figure out like, how do I not distract from the message here? You know, like here's a, shi- a shiny object or a shiny statement I could say. And I already know from experience, we are going to get totally off track when I say that. So I'm no longer saying it or I'm saying it on this slide rather than that one. And God, it is such a, it's an art. Pitching is an art. It, it is. And again, the more you do it, the, the, the easier it becomes. But like I said, you know, you want to talk to the whole audience. The last mm-hmm. thing you want to do is, is discount half your audience. You want to make sure that you're talking to them. Again, it all goes back to what's your model, you know, what's your vision, who's your team, uh, the same core components as any other company. Uh, you know, a good company is still going to find those people that want to back them and want to be supportive mm-hmm. of them. And like you said earlier, if they're not supportive of what you're doing or they're uncomfortable, they're probably not the right partner for That's you. Right. Yeah. Well, Chantel, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for your time today and your input. Thanks, Brittany. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to my interview with Chantel Preston. I love having portfolio investors on the show. They are so passionate, connected, and thoughtful about their investments. I am very passionate about getting more women into investing in particular, Uh, especially general partner positions at venture capital firms. This is something I just talk about constantly, like I said in the the interview. Um, So listeners, are you fundraising right now? Let Femtech Focus know. We would love to help you get that money. So just shoot us a DM on social or a message on our website, or you can even just email me, Brittany at femtechfocus.org. Seriously, let us know. We want to help you. If you're an investor looking for strong deals, you should also shoot us a message because Femtech Focus obviously has the pulse on the industry and we can help you find the deals that you're looking for. Now, I know you want to stay connected, so here's a rundown on upcoming Femtech events. First is our own event, the webinar, on August 27th in collaboration with the Guild on the Femtech landscape. What needs to be worked on and what still, well, what is being worked on and what still needs innovating. Follow our social to learn more at Femtech Focus. Untitled Kingdom is doing live interviews every Thursday for the month of August and September. And this week's, which is tomorrow, um, is on sex tech. Super fun topic. Um, and then lastly, the big conference, Women's Health Innovation Summit. It's coming up September 14th. Get 10% off with promo code FOCUS10. Get your tickets at womenshealthinnovationusa.com. Okay, y'all. Um, we are going through a rebranding at Femtech Focus. Um, I'm not sure if by the time you hear this, if it's going to be live yet, but I am super, super stupid excited about it, seriously. So keep checking our website. Uh, www.femtechfocus.org or any of the social channels at Femtech Focus to see our new logo and our new colors. Super stoked about that. Uh, Don't forget to support the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.